The book was better. Alrighty. Okay. Whoops, I just hit my microphone. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Book Was Better podcast. I am Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. And today we're getting sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real bummer of an episode today. <laughs> Listen, people really like the book. And this was, we are, so we're going to be talking about Jodi Picoult's, I have no idea if that's actually how you pronounce your last name, I'm just guessing, um, book, My Sister's Keeper, which was a suggested book slash movie for us was. to do from one of our listeners. It was, it was, but it was, <laughs> I am just going to put this out here at the beginning. I have some controversial opinions on this and yes, I understand that not everyone is going to agree. I understand that people really like this book. I'm just putting this out here from the beginning as I go into my grievances and stuff. I did not like the book. I didn't really like the movie either. I don't like <laughs> sad things. I don't like ethically controversial things. I don't like any of it. This, so this, this has this, a lot of all of those things. <laughs> this was not my cup of tea in any way, shape or form. So I had a hard time not just being like my grievance is that it's terrible. <laughs> so I tried really hard to put my own personal feelings aside and look at it from a more objective point of view. But no going in that I don't think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay, well, there's my disclaimer. I like the book. I'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> so that's good. We have one person who likes it and to balance out my dislike of it. <laughs> well, before we get into it too much, just uh, some quick announcements. If you read this and did think it was a bummer and you didn't like it, well, go listen to our last mini sode because we recommended some books that we think I don't think either of the books we recommended are sad in any way. So no, if you need something no. that's not sad, we've if got some recommendations I on our last mini If I ever recommend something, no, it will never be sad because I hate sad I cannot, things. I cannot make any promises. <laughs> so I most of the time like, like my things to have happy endings, but I also really, I, I can really appreciate a well done sad ending. But it, it has the, to be orchestrated correctly. The <laughs> only sad ending that I can think of that I actually enjoyed, and it's not even that sad of an ending, was La La Land. And I it, love La La Land. And yeah. I'm a controversial. I know a lot of people don't love La La Land, but I love La La Land. It's like 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, that's which another I also one. love where it's. It's a love story that's not really a love story because they yeah. don't end up together, but that's okay. Oh, I just, yeah. yeah, that's the really only like thing. It. That's the only instance I can think of where I'm like, oh, it's a little like sad, but you know they're still like both living their lives and and they still they fulfilled their dreams and sometimes people mm -hmm. come into your life for a reason. This is not one of those cases, though. Well, this mm, book is messed I'm gonna talk up. About no, no, no. We'll, we'll get into it. But we will. <laughs> before we get into it, uh, just one other announcement that our Hogwarts bound collection 
is available on teakdesigns.com it's for a, pre-orders. It's finally out. I'm sorry. There were some complications. Some stuff happened. Had to push back the pre-orders, but they are actually available now With on the pictures site. pictures of most of the things so you can yes. see what they'll actually look like. I'm going to try to get nicer photos. I, it's hard when you live in a studio apartment. <laughs> Facts. But it's it's a really fun collection. We had a lot of fun collaborating on it. So mm-hmm. go check it out if you're a Harry Potter fan. And I just imagine that a lot of our listeners are Harry Potter fans. So I mean, our Harry Potter episodes are our best performing episodes. Still, so. they, 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 we still get listens to our Harry Potter episodes every single week. They're yeah. the only episodes that like continue a year later to still get listens. Yeah. <laughs> like Hunger Games will pop up here and there, but not every week. <laughs> so people love Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Harry Potter is life, but we have that. And then as well as our, we, we do also have the book was better kind of merch as well, as well as kind of just book general book kind of merchandise. Um, if you're interested in any of that, just go check it out. It's all on. Yeah, we had, Taylor's we had site. two new products um, that launched with the Hogwarts bound collection that are not, Within the Hogwarts Bound collection, we mm-hmm. added two new products to the Book Was Better merchandise collection. Uh, one is a new mug and one is a uh, T-shirt. So you can yep. also check those out on the website. It's Teak Designs, T-E-A-C designs.com. You can head over there and see all the new stuff. And if you do order any merch and you feel like sharing it, like, please do. And tag us on Instagram and whatnot, because we love to see you using the mugs or wearing the shirt or anything that would be really cool so mm-hmm. otherwise i don't think there's any like announcements so uh p- 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 happy november <laughs> yep it's november i have already started listening to christmas music and i've already put up all my <laughs> christmas decorations you have so. oh i have i'm in my in-between i've slowly been putting away my spooky decorations but still have like generic fall decorations out i and considered I tend it to decorate for how uh, for halloween psh, for christmas right around thanksgiving <laughs> and then I leave them up all it, through january because my birthday's in january and i can do what i want so <laughs> i just realized i needed the little bit of joy in my life and i oh was just you. like it's christmas okay. now <laughs> well i've seen a lot of people now who leave their christmas lights up just year round and they buy these special lights where you can yeah. customize the colors so like fourth of july their house is all lit up in red white and blue and i think it's arbor awesome. day it's all green and like all these things. why limit like, our happiness to just christmas time when we could have it all year round facts Alrighty, I think that's it. So we yes, will now. Yes, I think jump we've rambled enough at the our, beginning. Our lineup here. I'm just so. procrastinating, ranting about this. <laughs> this is going to be controversial. This is going to be. We, I think this is one of the ones one. that we disagree, disagree about the on, most yeah. too. Yeah. Because we're normally mostly on the same page about things. Not this time. Same page because we talk about books. Ha <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what info do you got? So I wanted to talk a little bit first just about the author, Jodi Picoult. Yes. Um, Just because she's... 
She she's is published, known. She's published 26 novels. I'm pretty sure that's she just crazy. had another book come out in 2020. I mean, that's good for her. Yeah, like but very she recently. Is, yeah, the book, it's called The Book of Two Ways. Okay. And it just yeah, came out. She is a known author, I feel like. Because of the amount of books. I think that she's... I, I will say that the stories and things that she writes... I don't think are for everyone. No, I will not does. be reading any of her other books. <laughs> because they, they, they tend to be very controversial. Not, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say controversial, taboo. but they taboo topics, maybe taboo topics. But but they just they tend to include very complex topics yeah. and ideas. Yeah. So we'll dive into that, which which makes sense, though. Um, just because I was looking into her a little bit more. And so she went to both Harvard and Princeton. Jeez. And she <laughs> went to the Harvard. Like she's a Harvard, Harvard graduate school of education. Like she knows her stuff. And and so it makes sense to me that she would write about more challenging topics and more difficult, complex kind of storylines and plots. Yes. And that she's brave enough. Like, let's be real. As an author, I think you have to be very brave to oh, write yeah. books that end sadly, that aren't all nicely tied up with a nice, bright red bow on top, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Someone's got to do it. Props to her for doing it. She is just... Do it. She's not for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my sister's keeper um, is not her only book that has been turned into a movie. Quite mm -hmm. a few of her books have been turned into movies, but mm. this is the one that we're covering. Mm -hmm. Based on how this one has gone, I don't know if we'll be able to convince Taylor to do any others, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So. Uh, My Sister's Keeper was published in 2004 and the movie came out in 2009. The director of the movie was Nick Cassavetes, 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 I'm going to say Cassavetes, Cassavetes maybe. Mm -hmm. um, the screenplay was also done by Nick Cassavetes as well as Jeremy Levin. And then the original music was done by Aaron Zygman. Always music was fine. Music does great. <laughs> yeah. And casting was done by Matthew Barry and Nancy Greenkeys. I actually liked the casting. That was one thing where I, I thought it was pretty good. I liked the casting, but then I feel like they underutilized their cast. They had a really That's, great cast. Yeah. And then I don't think the screenplay and the directing really made use of all of the potential that this cast had. That's what I'd say. That's what That's I'll say about the casting. Yeah. Alrighty. So let's dive in. So my sister's keeper, both the book and the movie kind of up. revolve. No, stop. Kind of revolve around this idea of medical ethics and family responsibilities. The main protagonist is a young girl named Anna, who in the book is 13. That changes in the movie. And she has she's the youngest. She has an older sister named Kate who has a kind of leukemia. She's had cancer like practically her whole life. And then the oldest is a boy named Jesse. And then there are two parents. But the main thing is the story kind of all revolves around the fact that Anna was genetically conceived 
to be like a match for her sister, Kate, in hopes that just using her umbilical cord blood would be enough to save her sister, Kate. And it worked in the beginning, but then it stops working. So basically all of Anna's life, she has done blood donations and marrow, bone marrow and all sorts of different things to help keep her sister alive, basically. And the main you all should know that this is not spoiler free, but just going to throw that out there again, too. The main. What's the word I'm looking for? Crux. That's not what I want to say. Like the Plot point, the climax of the story, like the major conflict, I guess, of the mm. storyline of the book is that Anna at age 13 or younger in the movie sues her parents for medical emancipation because they are trying to force her to donate a kidney to save Kate's life again. There's this huge twist where you learn that the whole reason she's doing it is actually at Kate's request because Kate wants to die, basically. Like she's tired of living when it's just miserable and she feels responsible for a lot of what her sister Anna has had to go through. And there's a lot of other stuff that happens along the way surrounding these ideas of, you know, family responsibilities and specifically, I feel like parental responsibilities, because a lot of the storyline surrounds this idea of you have this terminally sick child, basically. And yes, as a parent, you want to save them. But a lot of stuff in the book talks and kind of follows around the fact that the mother, Sarah, practically neglects her other two children because she's putting so much of her energy into trying to save this her sick child Kate and it just brings again it's a lot of ethical family responsibility it's it's a challenging topic it's a challenging thing to to cover I thought it was beautifully written the book made me cry a lot it was great as a sad book the movie, and I'm a big crier, the movie didn't make me cry. It made me sad, sure, but it did not make me cry. And we'll get into some more of the reasons behind it. That that summary was one of my more put together summaries. But yeah, that wasn't bad because this whole storyline is just insane when you just spell it out. <laughs> it's it is. It's a little crazy. And I feel like. If you were to just read the description, you might initially write it off as something that you're not going to like. So I, did. I will say. <laughs> so I will say, try if you have if you've only seen the movie and you're listening to this and you haven't read the book yet or ever before. Don't try to go into it with an open mind, because just reading the description, I like hated the mom, hated the parents like hated the whole idea just because as a mom, I'm like, seriously, I'm not going to like pit my children together and basically pick favorites because there were huge risks for Anna every time she underwent something to save Kate. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of challenging questions and things to look at there. Not to mention the whole idea of the fact conceiving that Anna a was literally child. conceived just to save her sister. That's you terrible. had another child. You brought another human being into the world just to save another one of your children. Like, 
It's that terrible. So many preconceived. Yeah, it's. I am of it's rough. the very but, but firm <laughs> stance that the mom is in the wrong the entire time. I do not like her in the book or the oh, movie. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like her in the book either, but I can sympathize with her a little bit more in the book. I guess. And, and just reading the description of the storyline from the book is not going to give you that. Like, yeah, you're going to hate the whole idea of it just from reading the description. But I'm yeah. telling you to give it a shot because... Her writing, Jody Picoult is a great writer. It, she is. And she does make you feel things and like connect to people. And she understands like the like the feelings that are going on underneath like all these different people's perspectives and things. And so it's it's really good. The book, I think, is really good. But so. if you if you are like me and are very prone to sad books and sad movies ruining your day or you're weak. Maybe don't. <laughs> but if you haven't I, seen it or read it and you're debating about it, I'd say you can co totally live your life without ever seeing this movie. But if you are curious at all, the book. read the book. Don't watch mm. the movie. Mm. Again, I have a lot of controversial okay, views. Well then let's get into it because I believe that you start this time. I do start. Oh. That's my bread. Hold on. Okay. Bread timer's going off. Oh, honey. It's really tiny baby gecko. Aww. I mean, is he, he is in the bread? Tiny. No, he's not <laughs> in the bread. He is teeny tiny. Okay. I'm back. Cool. Okay, my first point. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so putting my personal feelings aside on my three and two, my number one is where I'll really get into it, but putting my personal feelings about the whole storyline aside. <laughs> We're trying my, to. <laughs> trying. <laughs> it's so hard. My number three is the fact that they changed the ages and they made them all younger in the movie than in the book. And I, I mean, I can kind of understand where they were coming from on that, maybe in trying to make it more like heart wrenching. Cause you're like, I just felt so like it was a budget thing. Young. It's cheaper to cast younger people. I think. <laughs> I feel like when you're under a certain age, they're all kind of around the same, but I will say it definitely affected the storyline a little bit just because it was more like children Unless like young adults, like teenagers and stuff. So I, I think that it was a it wasn't like a make or break it change mm -hmm. like some of the other ones we'll probably talk about. But it was just kind of an interesting change that they decided to make for sure. Yeah. And I. I, I think it would have been better. With the ages the way they were in the book <laughs> yeah yeah I, there's I, just a bit more of the maturity level and yes i will give it that like kate's old enough to be dating but her sister's like nine how old is she in the movie 11 in 11 the movie. okay 11 i just feel like 
you you can still have a close relationship regardless of an age difference. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like them being closer in age in the book helps add to some of that closeness and the connection that the sisters have. Mm-hmm. And it I makes mean, the more whole book is called My Sister's Keeper. <laughs> well, and it makes more sense as well from just a logistical standpoint where Kate was diagnosed pretty young and then they decided to have Anna. Mm-hmm. So they would be pretty close in age. She would. They were like three years apart because I'm pretty sure in the book Kate's 16. Yeah. And Anna's 13, which means she's diagnosed, you know, at a year and a half, two years old. Mm-hmm. And they decide to do. You, yeah, it just it makes more sense than waiting until your sick child is six and then being like, well, that's genetically created. It's weird either way, but yeah, I think it makes more sense. So, so that's my number three. Alrighty. My, my number three is about the loss of connection. I feel like you get to a lot of the characters in the movie. So it's definitely a grievance. Mm hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different characters I could talk about, but I'm going to kind of focus on Campbell, who's the lawyer. Uh Uh-huh. That was a big one. And Julia, who was the... Who was... Who was non-existent in in the movie, but in the book, she was the, like, not CPS. She's not like Child Protective Services, but she's like the... when, When the parent, because... Because Anna is suing her parents and she's a minor, her mom or dad could not act as her like lawyer, her guidance or counselor or anything. Yeah. Like her like thinking of things from a child's perspective kind of thing. I I don't know why I can't remember the words that like like the title that she actually has. It's like legal counsel for a child. But it's like a legal aid person. Yeah. for, For children. There's this whole background between Campbell and Julia, which you totally lose in the movie, that continues to add to, again, just this this idea that I feel like the whole book, the whole storyline, a huge underlying message. Of course, yeah, the main points are, like I mentioned earlier, medical ethics, family responsibilities. But I feel like a really big underlying message across the entire thing is just about the randomness of life. Mm hmm. Because Campbell and Julia have a history, like a romantic history from high school. And this case brings them back together and kind of makes them confront some things and realize some things. So you completely lose that connection and story of Julia. But then you also lose a lot of the scenes with Campbell in the movie. There's a lot more of him in the book. And you get to understand him and where he's coming from a lot more you you learn straight out that he was diagnosed with epilepsy that he's epileptic yeah that's why he has he has a service dog like all this stuff like he has like an interesting seizure at the end of the movie you do eventually learn that he has epilepsy and that's why he has the service dog but it is kind of just but it's done in a weird way and it's just kind of it seems like an afterthought Mm mm-hmm and and I, I can understand why they had to cut it because it, when you look at it, the book does cover a lot. And there's a lot of basically like mini stories going on along with the major story arc. But I re- that's part of the reason why I really like the book, 
is because you see so many different characters and you learn a lot about them and their story and their life and why it's important. And, you know, the, the things that are affecting them and you get a lot of it. I feel like it also kind of gives this message of like, you never know what somebody's going through. So don't make assumptions <laughs> like because everybody has a story like their own story and challenges that you don't see. Mm -hmm. um, I know you're going to talk about the brother, so I won't talk about that. But, you know, with with some of the relationships and friendships that you see Kate go through in the book, um, as well as Anna and the parents and just there's a lot more. And I feel like the movie does a really kind of shoddy job at trying to grasp at any of that sort of like emotional connection they, between they the characters kind of and the audience. gloss over a lot of it, like just kind of dip their toe into a lot of it rather than delving into any of their real in-depth. But because of the kind of movie it is, I feel like it, it's a it's a storyline and it's a topic that requires a deep dive and I feel like the movie's take on it is very shallow and it it's and that's why I feel like the movie was such a big failure in my mind because it's it's a storyline that needs that emotional connection and the movie just really didn't do a good job with that mm -hmm. so yeah especially with the lawyer I don't know why I can't remember his name um Campbell Campbell, there we go. I do wish that we got to see more of him. I personally liked Alec Baldwin in that role. And I think that he, yeah, he could was, have he done... He did a surprisingly good job because he I, normally does not do serious roles. <laughs> no, and that's why I would have liked to see more of him in this role and see him be able to tackle some really of those... Really flesh it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more in-depth scenes. But instead, he's kind of just there. He's there in the courtroom. Side he's character. there when Anna hires him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you don't get to really know him as a character. And I do like we kind of talked about already with the casting. They didn't take advantage of the mm -hmm. people that they cast. And I think this is one of those instances with Alec Baldwin where they could have done more and they didn't. And they didn't. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number three. Yes. My number two is, and you kind of mentioned this, um, with the brother, Jesse. So book yep. Jesse and movie Jesse are quite different, not just age wise. Age wise, I definitely think affected it because in the movie, he seems like he is like maybe like 15. Like he doesn't have a car. He's supposed to be the oldest. But he like can't he's not driving. So, so like, he should be he should be at least like 16, 17. If we say, I don't know, I guess in my brain, I'm like, Kate's dating. I think she's having only her like first kiss. 14 in the 13, 14 in the movie in the movie. Yeah. Oh, see, and that's so weird to me. <laughs> no, I think 13, she's only like 13, 14. So in the in the book, I definitely think it's more of like a 13 Anna Anna. 16 kate 18 17 Jess, 18 jesse is 17 18 in the book but yeah. in the movie i think he's like 15 16 okay so um, all the more reason why i just don't like the age changes in the movie <laughs> yeah and because of that one he he seems less independent um 
he's definitely like younger in the movie and as a result seems a bit more like I don't know how to say it he's more reliant on his parents to survive whereas I feel like as you become more of an adult 17 18 getting ready to move out of the house you learn to kind of be, be on, on your, your own, own. Mm-hmm. And in the book, he is about that age and he's starting to kind of branch out and he's, he's starting to. Crazy. Yeah, he kind of. Which is understandable because he's basically been ignored his entire life. Yeah, he he is like an arsonist in the book and starts these fires. In abandoned buildings, but, but still, still not a good thing. He clearly like cries for attention. Yes, definitely because he's cries been for neglected. attention. I don't think and it's. It I don't think his goal is like hurting people, but no, it's definitely that's why it's an abandoned building. Cries for attention, <laughs> but you can tell he has been seriously neglected, and it has messed with his psyche as he's grown up. And it, it he's not in a good place in the book, no, in any way, shape, or form, and isn't this kind of like mental and emotional support as Anna is going through this. As he is in the movie, in the movie, they make it seem like Jesse is more of. He's just like a mediator between his sisters. It doesn't make any sense. Which isn't isn't the case in the book. No. And also, they kind of touch on it in the movie with talking about how he has like dyslexia and that wasn't really addressed. And he was forced to go away to this camp and it was really sad. Like it was sad. But then they kind of moved on. And started talking about other stuff. They didn't talk about Jesse super much in the movie. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the book, you definitely get to hear more of his struggles and the serious effect that Kate's disease has had on his life as well. Because he is being neglected by his parents. He can't help his sister. There's nothing he can do. Mm-hmm. And so he just feels useless and abandoned and is dealing with all these issues. So until his dad finally notices finally and confronts yes. him and they have like a really big, really good talk. And then he starts to turn his life around. Uh, yeah. And eventually becomes a <laughs> police officer, police officer, which I think is I will agree on this one point that the book did it better in the case of him turning his life around and becoming a police officer to help and serve other people rather than him, like getting a scholarship to an art school. I was like, eh. I think it's funny that that is really the only that that's the, that's the concession you're going to make on the yeah. movie. Not doing is what really. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the only one, but I will say that is one that I definitely liked more in the book. Yeah. So, yes, that's my number two. Jesse was just done a great disservice. (laughs) So my number two is kind of, I guess, I I try. I've been trying to figure out the best way to word it. I think when I texted Mm -hmm. you, I said the point of view of the story. Yeah. And in my notes, I wrote that the story's protagonist feels different. And so it's kind of a mix of both, I guess, Mm -hmm. where... While the book is told from multiple points of view, it's still fairly clear that the protagonist is Anna. Whereas I feel like the movie consistently kind of keeps the point of view from Kate. 
and includes a lot of like memories. And I feel like a lot of the story is told through Kate's perspective and like her memories and flashbacks it definitely and things. Jumps, it jumps around more and focuses, yes, more on Kate. You still get a good amount from Anna's point of view, but not as emphasized as it is in the book. And, and I and I feel like. That's part of the reason why you lose the emotional connection to a lot of the side characters in the story, because mm. Kate's not the one interacting with a lot of the side characters. It's Anna. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I feel like that that decision. I mean, I'm going to blame Nick. Casavitas right, or whatever. Everyone does. Because <laughs> he did both the screenplay and he was the director. Like, yep. He had a lot of power over how this movie was, you know, how this movie came out. And it it's it's just not good. And so I, I felt like there was a big disconnect because of how they told the story in the movie. Kind of from and I know it was still they still showed different perspectives. It wasn't solely told from Kate's perspective in the movie either. Mm -hmm. But I feel they like that definitely became their focus. And I feel like it was the wrong focus. Well, I think that uh, two points that I want to add. One, you can see where they tried to mimic the different points of view by having the different uh, like voiceovers from the different characters throughout the film. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of reminiscent of the different chapters in the book being told from different people's points of view. So I get where they tried. It didn't come across quite the same, but they tried. And then the other point is, and we're going to get into this in our number our combined number ones uh -huh. with the ending. <laughs> I think that part of the decision yeah. to switch it yeah. was because of the ending, the ending change. I know, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I'm just, I can kind of understand why they did, because it definitely makes sense in the whole scheme of things. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of number ones, any honorable well, mentions before we get to that? Um, Cameron My only Diaz. one is I don't know why they changed the gender of the judge. I, I don't understand I don't know. that decision e at all. Equality. Equal. There's plenty of, like, there's, pl whatever. I don't There's know. plenty of both male and female, like, roles in this story. I just I actually think, I actually think that it's less e about equality because it almost seems like they were like well you know the judge is emotional and lost child so it'd make more sense for it to be a woman I, I i don't i hated it i didn't like it yeah yeah i'm not saying it was a good thing i just think that may have been their thought process especially back in 2009 um or 2008 like it like, was made yeah didn't like it uh cameron diaz i think is phenomenal and she did well with what she was given. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the director, the screenplay writer, they changed a lot of it. So I I mean, she had to work with what she had. And I think she did a great job. Definitely a lot of raw emotion in there that I think she portrayed super well. She made me hate her for sure. <laughs> yeah, I just. It's hard for me to see Cameron Diaz in that kind of role because I like her. I think she's like a really like outside of acting and things like I like her as a person. Oh, yeah. But you know? she's, and so, she's played a lot of these kind of not great. She's roles. a great actress, but I don't know. I just 
I don't know. I guess when I saw her, I was just like, I wanted her to be a loving mother. So I guess in some ways that made it work because then, yeah, I like was even angrier because I was just like, why yeah. aren't you better? Like, <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> I really also liked the actor they got for the dad. I think he was really good uh, paired with Cameron Diaz. I think they played really well off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, did well with what he was given. And of course, Abigail Bre- Brez- Brez- Bren- That's Bren- what I'm trying Bren- to Breslin, Breslin, I think. Breslin. <laughs> I'm trying to find the actress's name for Kate. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Because I thought she did a good job, too. Like, it's not. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's Abigail, Abigail Breslin. Bre- Breslin did great. Then, She's a phenomenal child actress who is just so gifted. Mm-hmm. And she's just always going to make you feel emotions. Sophia Vasilieva. Sophia Vasilieva. Hmm. Um, she's the one who plays Kate. And I don't know. I just feel like any kind of, you know, like chronic illness, any kind of very specific illness that, you know, not everybody has, I feel like is, is a challenging thing to act, but Mm -hmm. cancer specifically, like it does so much. It's not even the cancer that really like does so much to your body. It's the treatments to get rid of the cancer. Yeah. And I just I I feel like without having really undergone it, like it, 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 it'd be really hard to really portray that. Mm-hmm. And I, so I do think that Sophia did a really good job as playing a well, young girl who's basically had like a terminal case of cancer her whole life and is still trying to, you know, make things right with her family and. Well, and props to the makeup department. Like they did a great job at showing the the ups and downs of the cancer and the like her makeup at the end complexion and stuff like her. The way they did her eyes and the Mm -hmm. goddess of her face, like it looked really good. I've seen some really bad sick makeup and we've talked I, about it, I believe, in yeah. previous episodes. Yes. And I think they Twilight did a <laughs> really good job in this film mm-hmm. as far as the makeup department goes. So props to them. Any other honorable mentions? I don't think so. All right. Let's get into our shared number one, even though we're taking two very different viewpoints. on it. <laughs> let's get into the debate part of the episode. <laughs> Basically. Oh, we're both going to be talking about how the ending was changed. Yes, the ending is totally different. I mean, do you just want to real quick describe the difference in endings? Well, the major difference is the wrong sister dies in the movie. (laughs) In the book, after Anna is given her, she she, through the judge and through the trial and everything in court, she receives, you know, physical medical emancipation. Yeah. And then she's being driven by Campbell. So she's not driving home with her family or anything. She's being driven by Campbell and they get T-boned. And she basically goes brain dead. And so she dies and gives and donates her kidney, you know, like her organs are donated to not just her sister. I imagine to, you know, others, too, after that. But the, uh, the Kate, main point is and Kate, Kate gets the kidney. A, yeah, and then makes a full recovery. Yeah. 
and like is able to live a full life and has like a career and you know she she makes a full recovery it's not like it helps for a little bit and then she's sick again like she finally recovers like yeah and then right we've already talked about how and the brother turned his life around too and becomes a cop and stuff whereas in the movie the the trial goes through and before Anna can really make a decision on whether she wants to donate or not Kate dies from the cancer And then they, you know, stupid. I don't think so. Okay, go. You go first. I will rant and then you can rant. (laughs) And then I will (laughs) tell you why you're wrong. (laughs) Okay. And I know most people are going to disagree with me. That's fine. I get it. Most people are going to agree with you. That's fine. (laughs) But I, for those people, those few and far between people out there who are like me, I got I got to put it out there. I'm not saying that I love the movie ending either. I'm just saying I don't like either ending. (laughs) And if I had to pick one, I would pick the movie ending. And let me tell you my reasons. One, I think the book ending is the stupidest thing. I think that just having her get in a car accident and die essentially is like the most deus ex machina thing you could do you you miss you're missing the whole point of the book with that thought process <laughs> i get I'll the whole like, randomness thing i get that later. it's supposed to be like life is random and you never know what could happen oh crap i think that she is avoiding the issue that she brought up in the first place by talking about this ethical issue and this medical problem and then being like well it doesn't really matter because she died and donated the kidneys anyway so but she was gonna donate the kidney anyway then why did she have to die (laughs) i'll talk about it just yeah you finish i'll try not to interrupt but it's really hard i'm failing clearly (laughs) yes anyways Sorry, Sumi, I don't like when kids just have to die at the end of books. I prefer to not be sad in life. (laughs) And yes, the movie ending is more predictable to be like, yeah, surprise, surprise, the girl with cancer died. But like she wanted to, you know, it's it just felt more natural with the flow of the story and yes that's the way that the movie kind of led up to it because of the changes that they made that we kind of already talked about but it was less jarring that's for sure and i know that's probably what she was going for in the book she was probably trying to make it jarring i didn't like it (laughs) i didn't like it what can i say i'm a human i have opinions my opinion (laughs) is it was dumb the whole premise of it is stupid i didn't really want to read it (laughs) I'm going at it now. I just... Okay. I didn't like it. If I had to pick an ending, I wouldn't pick either of the endings, and both of them would live, and we could, you know, have some moral questions answered in the actual way of, like, Anna does decide to donate the kidney, and both of them live, and it's great. But no, one of them's gotta die, I guess. (laughs) And again, I'm I'm it's just who I am that I don't like sad things. I don't like but it's ethical poetic. dilemmas. It's not poetic to me. It's it stupid. Let me talk about it's, it. <laughs> it's stupid to me. So 
I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you go. Okay. So but listen. just know, from my point of view, I think the whole thing is stupid, and I don't like this book. There you go. It's cruel irony. Okay. No. And <laughs> no. And it's it's this cruel irony and this po- poet poeticness of the fact that she was conceived to save her sister. And she died doing just that. On top of the fact that also, yeah, it's so totally predictable that it's like, oh, this girl has had cancer the whole time and she finally succumbed to it. Like, yeah, it's still sad, but like it's expected, you know? Yeah, it is so definitely it's like predictable. You can come yes. to terms with it at the beginning of the book, you know, if that were the case. And I feel like a lot of people did. I th- feel like a lot of people with reading this book now, not now, not now that they have spoilers, but <laughs> if they have, you know, like you go into it expecting the sister to die at the end. I feel like that's until so you kind of come to terms with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jody just throws a curveball and the other sister dies in the worst possible way. But it's all about the fragility and randomness of life. Like I don't care. The predictable was... thing isn't what's gonna happen most of the time. And they didn't need things to kill don't her. always end <laughs> happily ever after. Like frequently things don't. But when things do suck and do things do get thrown at you out of left field and it hurts and it's sad and it's awful and it doesn't make any sense, you find ways to move forward and you take things from that experience with you right i feel sure. like kate she, it, like the book talks about how she she feels like she still has this relationship with her sister through the piece of her sister still living inside of her through yes, this kidney yes. and this connection and that doesn't take away the guilt and the grief that never goes away but life still goes on. I know. I just wish the and parents I feel had like had a her little brother. Bit I don't. I, I feel like it was the combination of his dad finally talking to him and realizing things. And then his sister dying in this horrible way that really pushes Jesse to fix his life. Yeah. And then oh, yeah, choose sure. to do something that will then help others. Right. Like. When awful, crappy, totally random things happen in life, you can choose to just wallow and be upset and sad about it, which is, I feel like, what the mom will do in any situation. Or you can do what Kate and Jesse do and, and you know, or what Campbell and Julia do, because despite Campbell's shortcomings of his, you know, and his lack of self-confidence and his inadequacy of his inadequacies, you know, when he feels like his epilepsy and then, you know, he was also injured in the car accident and stuff like Julia is all like, that doesn't matter. Like we love each other. When you love people, you make you, you, you work through things and you, you find a way and you make it work kind of thing. And so I feel like this story and this book while sad and yes, I cried a lot at the end I had to put the book down. It was very reminiscent of when Fred died in the seventh Harry Potter book, where the fact that it's like I was crying so much I couldn't read because it was too blurry. <laughs> like, And I had to take a break before I could keep reading. <laughs> I but, think like it's I 
there's a there's this really strong message there. And the movie just ignores all of it and totally destroys the theme that this entire story has been building of the fragility and randomness of life of the fact that you can do anything and everything in your power to create a certain outcome. And it's still not going to happen necessarily, you know, like this entire story and plot and book builds to this idea and, and, and kind of carries on this overarching theme and the movie mm-hmm. completely disregards it. Doesn't even care. Thinks that they know better and totally changes it. It it's so <laughs> aggravating and I'm so angry about it. And I will never watch this movie again. I before I mean, this, I'm not going to watch the movie ever. Again I haven't either, read the book before or read the movie. Read the movie. If I ever need a good cry, I might read the book again. I will never watch this movie again. You could it is not, not surprising that it has a 48 percent like rating on IMDb and all these things. Like it's not only the critics who didn't like it. The audience also all hated it. So. You could not pay me to read this book again. I think that's false. <laughs> I think no. if someone right now was like a hundred grand, you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll read it again. <laughs> All right. Maybe for a hundred grand. But I don't know. It, it ruined my week. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't help that we did this story during a very stressful time for you during your day job. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also, I think if I I think if I had to narrow down what my real problem with the story is in general, the injustice to Anna yeah. is what I'm really mad about. There was no justice for her in the entire story. I'm like, well, there yes, is because she, she gets the medical. She gets emancipated. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter because literally leaving, she dies. So it's like it didn't. I get that that's the whole message and stuff. And that's the whole point, the fragility of life, blah, blah, blah. I still think it's stupid and I still don't like it. It's ironic. It's the cruel irony of life. But I don't like it because. You don't have to like it. It's meant to be sad. The whole ethical (laughs) problem that she as the author introduced is then never addressed or resolved in the book. And I think that that is kind of dumb. But it is resolved in the book. How? Because she gets the emancipation and she still chooses. She chooses before the car accident. You know that her choice is still I'm going to give a kidney to my sister to save my sister. That's going to be her choice either way. And so, yeah, she gets in this car accident and it's brain dead. And yes. so her sister still gets the her sister was going to get the kidney either way. That choice was not taken away from Anna. That was going to be her choice either way. I just wish that the the mom had gotten more comeuppance or something. I think that's... I agree. I just... I, I feel like that was a... But I do feel like Anna dying was the biggest slap in the face that she could give her mom. Honestly. I guess. It's just sad. It's just sad and I don't like it. That's valid. <laughs> there you go. But don't I still my, think the book did it better. <laughs> to put it simply, it's sad and I don't like it. There okay. you go. Let's get into fan faux pas. <laughs> I know that everyone's going to just say, you missed the point. And I'm like, I don't care. It was stupid. So why I don't, don't you go first? Sad things. This is why. All right. We have one uh, on Facebook from Allie L. Shout out, Allie. 
Uh, can we talk about the rage I feel with how they changed the ending? I get they probably did it because it was so sad and they wanted to soften the blow, but I had to set the book down while reading it because I was crying so hard and I couldn't see what I was reading. I really, really hate them changing the ending like that. Well, you're not alone, Allie, as you've Facts. just heard. Kaylee is on your side. I'm and mad as in well, general. As well as, as well as our other fan <laughs> So... Our other fan pod, this one's from uh, Instagram. So this is Ashley. And Ashley says, do you remember who recommended this book, by the way? I think it might have I been think her. it was Ashley. I think it was. Um, sorry if we're wrong on that, but all caps, just full caps. How about the ending with like five or six exclamation points? <laughs> <laughs> She's, I get so fired up about the movie adaptation and thinking about it. And then we responded to her and we were like, this is your moment to vent. And she's all like, I've been waiting for this day my whole life. <laughs> um, but yeah, the ending sucks. Taylor, you've been outnumbered and outvoted. <laughs> I'm not sucks. saying that the movie ending <laughs> is that much better. I just, like you said, I could make peace with it easier. Mm. But like, yeah, in general, the whole thing is sucky and I just don't like it. <laughs> it's sad. Yes. Okay, well, those are our fan faux pas. Thank you for tuning in to this sad episode. Well, I don't think the episode itself was sad. What's Sorry? Happening? The episode I mean, itself wasn't sad, but the content... No, if anything, it was just full of rage. ...was sad. <laughs> the episode was full of rage, but... For different reasons. Facts. But we, uh, yeah, I guess just to answer the age-old question, was the book better? I think I, yes. I can't. <laughs> I can in good conscience say that it was better because I hated it. I'm not saying that the book was better either. Just terrible you mean in the general. movie? Because I am saying the book was better. <laughs> the movie is not better. The book is not better. They're both bad. Okay. Well, <laughs> like we said, this was going to be a controversial episode. Yeah. So... I gave my disclaimer at the beginning. This was coming. This was coming, but so we hope you enjoyed our rage talking about my sister's keeper. So our next next week, um, our mini sode is going to be a Q&A with questions submitted uh, from you guys on our social medias. So that'll be fun. That'll be that'll be something without rage that hopefully yeah. ideally. Yeah, um, I haven't, think haven't really read the questions, but we'll see. <laughs> and then our like ha our thanksgiving week i think it's comes out the week of thanksgiving if i'm remembering correctly mm. yeah our yeah. thanksgiving week episode comes out the day before thanksgiving so you can listen yep. to it while you're cooking your meal we're going to be doing fantastic mr fox a great one a classic which will just be so good let's be real it'll be that episode should just be fun and chill and and laid back and perfect for holidays your holiday preparation so yes so look forward to that uh, we're excited for those check out hogwarts bound merch mm -hmm. but otherwise i think that's it i think so Alrighty. so with that we hope you have a great week and don't forget to read <laughs>